Schofield and Company is on the road at the Nova Home Loan Studio. Toss comes to the near side for Harris. He runs to a big hole, and he's gone to the 50. A burst to the 40. Alone to the 20. Damien Harris to the house. Touchdown, Patriots. Makes a hand up, fires a strike. Caught. Touchdown, Buffalo. Touchdown, Bills. It is Gabriel Davis. An absolute fastball from Josh Allen. And the Bills find the end zone. A throw down the middle, and it's knocked incomplete by Miles Bryant. And the Patriots take a win back to New England. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, Ari, USOB. It's already in a mood today, Adam Hill. And then Ari has to play Patriots highlights. We'll get to the Patriots and the Bills. Bills were pathetic last night. Josh Allen sucked. Sean McDermott sucked even more. So we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. We got uh, Raiders news, some minor news about signings, but injuries piling up. A little more on Kenyon Drake being out for the year and imploring the league to actually start watching and flagging the real dirty stuff, the real stuff that should concern football players. Uh, we're live at Nova Home Loans. It's a Tuesday. Dustin Hart's coming up in a little bit. We're going to talk to Eric McLean later this hour. He played offensive line at Clemson. So we'll find out if his guy Dabo was here uh, talking to Mark Davis about a job. Maybe. Adam Hill will fill us in on that. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Can you get the dump button ready? You know what? <laughs> F you, Kirk Herbstreet. Oh, boy. You see this stupid tweet? He's been, he's been thumping his chest for the last couple of weeks over this. Part of the elite, right? And those of us in Nevada are not part of the elite, right? And we're going to get to the Jay Norvell story later on. And the lesson here is just because you dislike someone doesn't mean that your needs and wants ultimately aren't aligned, right? So while UNLV fans, I think, are laughing at Reno, this is a UNLV problem as well. Reno didn't or wasn't prepared to put up the money and just got their coach stolen by another team in the conference. Jay Norvell went from like $700,000 a year, lowest paid coach in the conference, to $1.8 million. That's a money deal, right? And not that Colorado State is part of the, the haves, but we are the have-nots in the state because for some reason it's been deemed around college football that states like Iowa – a dying state, you know, from an economic standpoint. Some of these dopey Midwest states are the haves, but Nevada growing and growing and growing, we're on the have-nots. Very random, right? Now they got started earlier, so they, you know, they have they had some equity from years ago. But it, but in the end, it's kind of bullcrap that we almost have no shot at sharing in the big college football money, right? And a guy like Kirk Herbstreit, who's a Power Five guy. Doesn't need to be lecturing the rest of us, the group of five people, about what is right and what is wrong. Because he doesn't know. He's never had to experience it. Right? And within his own little power five world, he's such a moron and such a shill that he doesn't realize that what they did with the SEC in the seedings is absolutely bullcrap. So anyway, Kirk Herbstreit sends out a tweet a little while ago. After seven years of bitching and complaining from a vocal minority, I actually don't think it's a minority, but... From a vocal minority that the CFP system is rigged and the, quote, small guy will never get a chance. Haven't heard much from you the last couple of days. Open your ears, jackass! 
Because we talked about it yesterday and we're going to talk about it today. I don't have Georgia in my Final Four. I'd love for people to make the case that Georgia deserves to be in there. I had some jabroni up on Twitter yesterday who was like, oh, you're doing your best Colin Coward impression. You know, you're almost unlistenable because, you know, you don't have Georgia in your top four. Who do they beat? Who do they beat? Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas and Kentucky. They didn't cross over against the other freaking division almost at all. Good team, not great team, and not guaranteed a spot in the Final Four. And the other thing is, I mean, simple question. This thing is a lot about the quarterbacks. Can you name me a team in the top 14 that would have Stetson Bennett playing quarterback for them? There's not one of them. Well, the- Iowa's the first freaking team. That would have Stetson Bennett out there. Well, I mean, the, the claim, I, I don't, is Stetson Bennett their quarterback? Because I don't think he is. I, well, I think he, he's their he, backup. He is. He's playing. So Is he that, playing? Well, that's on the coach. Yeah. I, well, I think. Oh, you, so please, please I think tell that, me this is your conspiracy theory that, that this was a work they were in, so don't show him any JT Daniels, and now when it counts, no, I think JT I, Daniels will be in. I think they just kind of said, well, hey, listen, we can't really take him out right now. It's, it's, it's going okay. Let's let them play out. And now that they lost, I, I would have to imagine their better quarterback is playing in the, in the playoffs. I, don't I, know. I would imagine. I don't know. I don't know. He's a conservative guy. Yeah. The, the coach is a conservative guy. Kirby Smart wants to kind of lay low. The funny thing is they didn't use a conservative approach, which they probably should have. They probably should have just run the ball from the get-go to keep the Alabama offense off the field because their defense got torched. But you know what? When you're working the entire year – against the Charleston Southerns and the Vandys of the world, Alabama's going to do that to you. So anyway, uh, Herb Street finished up by saying, uh, you know, where's the vocal minority? Uh, CFP system is rigged and the small guy will never get a chance. Haven't heard much from you the last couple of days. Everything okay? No, it's not. No, it's not. The seating in this thing sucks. And we all know that had Oklahoma State, if Mike Gundy simply ran the G-damn ball <laughs> on a quarterback sneak from the half-yard line instead of freaking shotgunning it, <laughs> that Oklahoma State, if they had won, was probably in, and Cincy, they would have found a way to push Cincy out. Cincinnati had to have a perfect season and beat Notre Dame. And by the way, I think Notre Dame is the team that should be in over Georgia. Well, I was I was actually going to say the flaw in your argument, because I, I get where there's it's going. Flaw. The flaw is Georgia should be in because there's not another good team. And and that is why I think Kirk Herbstreit is completely full of it in this case. Of this is there, there was a very easy comparison from you know kind of real world of of the nonsense of Kirk Herbstreit when, when Kirk Herbstreit says, "Hey, listen, Cincinnati's in. You can never have this argument again." He literally said yeah, that. Never have it again. We can never have this argument again. This is the Obama argument. This is can never be racism again. A black guy got elected. Never, you can never say there's racism. It's over. Like, okay, it took the most exceptional African-American person to ever step on the planet in Barack Obama to get elected against a, a ridiculous, awful pool of contenders against him. Like, that's what it took. So you can't say that, okay, this is, this is some amazing, uh, you know, revelation. Oh, no more racism ever. Obama's in. So in this year, Cincinnati had everything fall their way in terms of beating a Notre Dame team that ended up doing very well and, and getting them from respect. They had no other good teams. There's like no other legitimate contenders out there to pass them. So you can't say, well, Cincinnati's in, so you can never make this argument again. It took an exceptional set of circumstances for Cincinnati to get in. So this is a dumb tweet, a dumb argument that Kirk Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit is making. 
And maybe it comes from the mothership. Sure. Well, it's, uh, well, I, actually, I. Funny, I think this is actually working against their interest. How so? Well, like obviously, it'd be good for ESPN to expand the playoff. Of course, they'd get a lot more money. So he should be like, this is what's wrong with the system. Right. This is why it's terrible. This is why we need to expand. That's what he should be saying for the best interest of the network, I would imagine. And that's not what he's doing. Uh, Ari's big prediction came through. He uh, he picked the Patriots yesterday. Big dog. <laughs> You're still on cloud nine, I'm sure. Uh, Ari yesterday said, I'm taking the Patriots upset tonight, exclamation point. Just watch. I have a good feeling about it. Novice sports guy, Ari. So he, he chose to go with the, the three-point dog. Well, he rode with Belichick. It's impressive. Still first in my pick'em. Just saying. Who's in this pick'em? Uh, him and like hundreds of listeners. I'm in it. I forgot. I've actually forgot to make. Ari's first. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Novice. I forgot to make the picks this week. I only picked the afternoon games on Sunday. No excuse. Is Ari going you... in after and changing his picks? Uh, well, he's had a record of kind of doing that, kind of working a system. <laughs> sure, we know that from last Christmas. <laughs> Just yes. let me take my win here, please. That doesn't impressive. happen often. Hey, no, good work. Win's a win, man. Thank you. Yes. Money. You said uh, you said money line win. I hope you bet it. That's a good thing. Uh, I don't know who I was more disappointed with last night, Josh Allen or Sean McDermott. They were both dreadful. I mean, I, I'll tell you who I'm disappointed with. Um, I, I mean, I I think that there was there was a team passes of three times against you. And you lose the game. Belichick showed, I don't trust my quarterback. You trust your quarterback so much in Buffalo that he's on the verge of making $40 million a year. And he barely ran. And then when he did try to, uh, try to throw the ball, he was all over the place. And can we stop with the, you know, the wind is moving everything. The wind ain't moving a four-yard pass. Okay? No. If you got a strong arm... You can throw you can throw short routes. That was pathetic. Belichick mocked them. He ran what was it thirty two times in a row, and then McDermott, like the, the third down play calls inside the red zone, and then settling for field goals. And he he got one of them in the second half, but the other one into the wind. Like what are you doing? <laughs> the excuses. Then you have a couple of players flipping out and doing a walk-off. We'll get to that later on. What an embarrassing I, – I know this is your day to laugh at the Bills and laugh at Josh Allen. Well, I, was, I was actually – But it, that, that thing was – that is ridiculous. I was going to defend Josh Allen a little bit. I know this is weird. Um, when you said it's not moving the short passes, it, it's not to some degree, but it did move the punt drop. Like, the Patriots went to punt their first punt of the game. The punter dropped the ball to kick it. It moved on the way down to the foot. And uh, bizarrely, I'm seeing people flip out that, you know, there was a fumble credited to Josh Allen on the handoff where uh, he didn't get it into Matt Breida's uh, chest in time. It didn't, and it turned into a fumble. And they're saying, hey, that's on Breida. That's not an Allen. Why don't they make that a fumble on Breida? Uh, I'm going to disagree and say that's an Allen fumble, but it's also not even on Allen. Did you see that when he went to hand the ball off? The ball blew in his hand when he went to hand it off, and it blew up into into Brita's neck instead of his instead of the breadbasket where it needs to go. That was insane. But that being said, you're right in that the Patriots said, "Okay, we know how to try to manage this. We're going to run the ball. Uh, we're going to have all positive plays." And this is where I'll fault Josh Allen a lot for yesterday. He 
made way too many negative plays. The whole key of managing that game last night, as we saw from Belichick, only positive plays. A two-yard run last night was a positive play. You know what's not a positive play? Running 25 yards backward and putting your team in a bad situation when you have to move the ball forward all the time, every single play. That was on Josh Allen. That game last night was on Josh Allen. And people were flipping out saying it's not. It was. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. I got to see the end of the game, you know, a little bit on TV, and then you start watching it again here. You know, it looked like a hard-fought game by two teams that are playing really well on defense, and both to some degree struggled a little bit in the offensive side of the ball, which we can identify with that a little bit as we're sitting here. So we'll see more of what the tape looks like as we get going during the week. Chopping it up on a Tuesday. It's Cofield and Company at the Nova Home Loan Studio. Raiders are 6-6 six and six after being 5-2. and two. Uh, Most will tell you that they have a little shot at making the playoffs. Some of the numbers crunchers, I think, have them down at 13-8% to make the playoffs. That's the bottom line this season. That was the goal. I know John Gruden's gone. I know Henry Ruggs turned out to be a jackass. Ritz Basaccia, after the game on Sunday, that was his voice on the way back, if you're results-oriented all the time, then you're just looking at the scoreboard and spending your life up there. In this situation, like we talk about results-based thinking and how that's bad, but in this business, in his situation, it is a results-based test. If he's going to be the head coach of the Raiders, you got to make the playoffs, brother. You got to get aggressive. You got to start thinking aggressive on second and third and certainly fourth down. When you're in between the 40s, punting really can't be an option unless you're fourth and five, you know, 5,000 yards at that point, which is not possible. <laughs> so I think you're a Basaccia guy. So I'm guessing because of you, your love of analytics, you love the results oriented thing, but they're not winning games. And now. This staff is in jeopardy, and many of the players are in jeopardy. Mark Davis wants to win. Let me let me start with your characterization of me as a Rich Passaccia guy. You're a Passaccia guy. I'm a Rich Passaccia the person guy. I am mm-hmm. not a Rich Passaccia the coach guy. There is a very clear difference there. Uh, the head coach guy. Rich Passaccia the man and Rich Versace, the special teams coordinator, are fantastic. Rich Versace, the head coach, leaves a lot to be desired. Now, I will the, – the quote, the, the literal quote that you just read is perfect and correct. I don't think it was the right time to say it. Uh, I don't think it's going to be received well by a lot of people, including Mark Davis, uh, including the fans. But the concept of it, I think, is really, really important. But I don't even think he was saying it in the right context. Now, the right context would be if you're if you're just looking at the scoreboard all the time. So let's go back to the beginning of the year. Right. The Raiders were three and zero. They weren't good. No problems. They weren't good. Don't point out any problems. 
Why are you being negative? Right, but they were not good. And you did point it out that, hey, just because you're winning doesn't mean that everything is good. Hell, we can, we'll get into what's going on with the running Rebels. They won games early on, but they were close games, and you could see signs of problems, especially on offense. Yeah, and so I, I think what he's – again, I don't even think he meant it in this regard. I think he, he was just like – I think what he's really saying, because this is who he is as a person, he's like, hey, listen, do we win? No. But are are the guys that are in that locker room better people today than they were yesterday? Yes, they are. And I'm like, yeah, I, that's not really that's not really the main part of this job. Now, the concept that I'm referring to, I think you'd be right in saying, like, you don't just look at the scoreboard at the end of the game and say, we won. Like, you look at the scoreboard and say, did we, you're, you're like, did we do the right things to get there? Did we go through the right process? Did we make the right play calls? Did we do all the right things? And did it result in a win? That's awesome. Did we make a whole lot of mistakes and result in a win? We need to fix those. Did we do everything really, really well and we still somehow lost? Okay, at least we're, we're on the right process. Like, the result doesn't necessarily tell you if you're on the right track, the right process. The process does. And... It's a really, really, like, uh, it's a subjective concept. Um, it's definitely, it's not one that you can easily measure. But I think it is an important thing. I just don't, I don't think it's the right time to say it. And I also don't think he meant it in this way. I don't think he meant it in the way that I'm saying it. Right. I think he meant it in, like, we're better people. That's what's important. Sure. I guess so. But, but yeah, it's not always the result that tells you if, you're, if a team is good or a, play, a team is playing well. Right. And in this case, after losing four or five, probably not the right time for you to be like, hey, listen, results aren't what matters. Could you, could you see Basaccia, uh before the game especially, like looking around like, what's Mark Davis doing over there? <laughs> that Dabo Sweeney he's talking to? The Dabo? What's going on over there? Did, I mean, I was standing next to Dabo as – as long as I could, just to see how what you know what was going on. I'm sure you know people saw the photo I posted, which was basically right next to Davo and Mark Davis as they had a conversation. Again, you uh, honing in on Mark Davis conversations like you did in sneaky fashion at, the UFC. at a UFC event, sure. yes, with Tom Brady and Mark Davis. Um, Is Davo the guy? No, but I also I don't think Rich Versace was looking over there only because I was kidding about that part. I know. Well, might not be that crazy, but I I think. In Rich Versace's case, I'm sure he wants the job, but I don't think he has any delusions that he's getting it. Like I don't think he's sitting there like, ah, maybe this is my job. Like I don't think he is. So if it were you, wouldn't you just be like riverboat gambler all the time? Yes, of course. I mean, you would anyway. But if you have no, you know that it's an uphill climb to get the job. Like, wouldn't you go crazy on third and fourth down and you know go Presbyterian or former Presbyterian coach route and like you know. Think about never punting. Yeah, just go hyper aggressive. But he's also like, he's a special teams coach. He believes in the importance of special teams, as as you should. I get that. Oh my it's god! Tough Please to go don't suggest you're like. It's a chance to punt. Let's do it, guys. Let's get out there and punt. So you remember when he took over the job? I literally asked him that, right? You're like, are you gonna not show so much love for punting now? No, I, I I literally asked him the day he got the job yeah. in his introductory, you know, um, promoted press conference. Right. As a special teams guy, is your natural inclination in like a 50-50 decision on fourth down to lean toward kicking? Get out there, guys. <laughs> Do a good job. I think it's fair. And I think it's, it's shown up. Like, he loves punting. <laughs> he loves it. He's 
fascinated by it. So, I, like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, of course, would go completely just let's go for everything. I would go, you know, Arkansas high school coach guy, yeah. and we're just we don't even have a punter on the roster, although I do love AJ Cole. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that I would be a lot more aggressive. But I also think he's doing what he thinks is best. He's doing – he's reverting to what he is which is a special teams guy that thinks it's important to play the field position game. We're heading towards the Kevin Kruger radio show. It's coming up at 6 o'clock. Uh, home away from home is Parkway Tavern down by the M on Volunteer. Normally, it's inside the Orleans, but with the rodeo in town, Kevin Kruger radio show is on the road. It's a 6 o'clock start. You can hear it right here on ESPN Las Vegas. We can go down there, ask the coach questions, meet, greet, and take advantage of the happy hour. Uh, quesadilla taco or chips and salsa, just three bucks. Four dollars on the buffalo cauliflower, domestic drafts, house wine, well cocktails, just three dollars. Go check out the Kevin Kruger Radio Show Parkway Tavern on Volunteer near the M. It starts up at six o'clock. Have credit issues or need help with your down payment? Nova Home Loans offers free credit services to all of their applicants, and they have some great down payment assistance programs available to those who qualify. Call Dustin DeHart at five seven seven twenty six hundred. He's 0 for 2, so I'm going to tell him not to come back. Uh, he was at the Jets game uh, two years ago when we, when we got beat pretty good. So, uh, no, he was all excited. He, uh, he met Richard Petty in the parking lot, and he got his, his hat signed. And so um, it was good to see him. And we'll go out and get some dinner tomorrow and um, visit a little bit. From the fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios, Cofield & Company is back. Hunter Renfro talking about his uh, former college coach former Clemson coach uh we'll see Dabo Sweeney was he in town for an early interview with Mark Davis Eric McLean played at Clemson he's an ACC network analyst is on games all the time Eric's up with Cofield and company here in Vegas how are you what's up brother great to talk with you guys you know it's funny I I really was going back and forth before uh, you know I came on here with you guys I was like do I really want to lean into this and maybe just start an absolute firestorm or just, you know, discredit it and move on quickly. And, and I was back and forth, uh, but I've got to tell you, man, Coach, Coach Sweeney is uh, is not going to the NFL. Uh, I don't think there's any chance ever he goes to the NFL. Uh, but loves college, and, man, it, it was funny to see that. I, I heard about three people today asking me that same question. So I was like, man, there must be some kind of intrigue here. Adam, is there – you're on the beat, so I mean, is there real intrigue here or not? It might be my fault for tweeting the picture, but I, I mean – it's no, I don't because I, I don't know that that would even work in the NFL. But I do think, like, if there's a spot for him, wouldn't this be the one? And, and I say that because they already have a ton of everybody's got Clemson players, but the some of those prominent players in this locker room are Clemson guys. They rave about Dabo. They love him. They talk about him all the time. Bring him up whenever you you do interviews with them. And here's another one. Could it be Dabo and Deshaun? Mm. How about hey. that? Yeah, a little package deal. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Come on. I don't know. I, you know, I'd be cool seeing that. I'd be. It'd be interesting to see. But I, I tell you what, man, I, I just couldn't. You know, obviously was with the guy for five years and love him to death. But I just could not imagine uh, uh, an NFL player who's being paid hundreds of millions of dollars sitting in one of his team meetings. I mean, he just he can't do it. He loves it, man. He loves to develop people and, and be that father figure and mentor. And I don't know. I just don't think that translates super well to the NFL. So 
not sure if that would ever be uh, be the case. I mean, in a way, wasn't Gruden like that? Uh, you know, kind of. I mean, if you're, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think you're saying Dabo's cheesy, but uh, I don't know. Gruden is kind of a, a throwback guy, and it, it was working until we found out about the emails. <laughs> I, I'm Matt Gruden. I, I don't know if I see the same sense, but I've never okay. been at a team meeting either, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure. But uh, I think, I think, like a, a kind of a side note to to that point. Like he is, I've never been, you know, I've never been the most pro Dabo guy on the radio. I've talked about, talked about it a lot, but I did have to interview him for a story last year. And I told this on the air after it happened, like he was not only engaging, but like you got the sense, like he was, he was like almost coaching on the phone. And oh, you're really? like, he, I, I think I, I planned on like a five minute conversation. It was like 25 minutes. I was like, this is amazing. It's awesome. But like, I, I think t- to that point, like he just likes being engaged. He likes being, you know, talking about football, being a part of it. And I think, as you're suggesting, those meetings in the NFL, if if he's just kind of, you know, there, he's like, all right, guys, we're going to talk for three hours today. Like, I, I don't know if that's working. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, it, it was certainly fun to to think about, and, and when I came across the text line, but I think he is, uh, I think he's just fine where he is, and, and probably not going anywhere. How important is money to him if all of a sudden he gets an NFL offer that's like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen million dollars a year? Yeah, you, you know, certainly when you see something like that, it's hard to, for anybody to say, oh, money's not important. But, you know, I think that he's at a part in his life where, you know, his time, his, his quality of life, his, you know, just day-to-day is is just as important, if not more important, you know, than, than a dollar sign. And I don't know, man, is, is Vegas, you know, Clemson? Probably not. I, now, certainly there's way more things to do and all that. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but... I mean, it, it, it's small town. It's who he is. Pelham, Alabama, the Clemson, South Carolina. Um, I, I think that that all of those things kind of wrapped up. He he has the perfect situation for himself. By the way, what exactly happened with the Clemson offensive line, but especially DJU? Is this just a mystery? Maybe he's not a big time quarterback. Yeah, man. You, you know what's interesting is is you know we we get after the offensive line, but those guys turned it around, man. You know, kind of post. October, really November on, yeah. those guys found an identity. They started playing so much better, and I think a little bit of that was, you know, play calling and, and guys actually playing better uh, in, in regards to running backs, getting it after it, making it happen. But you know, it, it's still interesting. I think the jury's still out with DJ. You know, is it a miss? Is it a bust, if you will? Just because I think certainly his wide receivers this year were not helping him out. Uh, that, that drop when he did hit them, you know, dropping passes, things of that nature. So. I think I don't think it's all kind of, you know, all out on DJ right now. But you know, certainly we'll find out this spring uh, because Kate Klubnick is coming. You know, Gatorade Player of the Year in Texas. Uh, these Clemson coaches love him to death. Think they remind him a ton of Deshaun Watson in regards to things he can do. Really, what he looks like from a body type perspective. Uh, so I know they're excited about that. So this spring is going to be very telling. Just to, to tie it into the conversation we had uh, that we were just having about you know potentially leaving and going somewhere else, especially an NFL job, like is this the kind of year that would make it more likely that he would go away, or is it the kind of year that he would say, you know what, I need to get back to where I was? Like, is is he going to take that challenge more than he would taking a different challenge? Yeah, man, I, I kind of think this maybe burns a bigger fire in him, like to 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 the fact that. You know, all these folks are, are saying that, man, it's a down year, and, and Clemson has the opportunity to win 10, 10 games for the 11th straight year. And, and the fact that they're in the top 20 of the college football playoff, and then there's programs out there, uh, Ole Miss for one, 
just won 10 games for the first time ever. Uh, folks like NC State have only won double-digit wins once in their entire history, and Clemson's going for 11 straight. And I, I just think it's something that, you know, if you're not making the playoff, what's wrong? What's happening? And, uh, you know, a team like Alabama can miss a playoff, but it's just par for the – or uh, business as usual the very next year, get right back. Uh, so, so Clemson, you know, for the first time, dealing with that and some other pressures, you know, with, with losing a coordinator in uh, Venables going to Oklahoma there and maybe losing another one with Tony Elliott. Heard a lot with his name in the Duke opening. Uh, so going to be very interesting times for the Clemson Tigers and really, you know, kind of new territory and moving forward, replacing coordinators and, and things of that nature. Do you think Venables is a slam dunk at Oklahoma? I do. I think that he is, if there was any job that I thought he would ever even entertain to leave, I thought it was Oklahoma. And then I thought it would never open up because Lincoln Riley, such a young guy, clearly, uh, you know, the, the previous administration and staff's, you know, kind of heir apparent. Why would he ever leave? And so, you know, thought that we were, as Clemson folks, safe in that regard. And then, uh, you know, when he left, that's the first thing I thought of is, is Venables is going to Oklahoma. Um, I think he's a passionate dude. He loves it. It's going to be interesting to see him, you know, take on this CEO role. Like, how quickly does that happen? Does he still have his, you know, hands kind of latched onto the defense and making the calls and things of that nature? Uh, but he, he's a tremendous man, and uh, Oklahoma is very lucky. Uh, those players are going to love him, and, and, and he is a, you know, just world-renowned recruiter. So I don't think there's any question that, you know, Oklahoma is going to remain uh, kind of their dominance, that, that six-year run that they had. I, I bet they get right back on track in 22. Eric McLean's up with us. He played at Clemson. He's an ACC analyst, uh, calls games as well. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit just sent out about an hour ago, basically shut the hell up about the small guy and conspiracies with the CFP. What, what are your thoughts on Cincinnati making it? Yeah, man, I'm happy for him. I, I really am. I, I think it does kind of stink that you're running into the buzzsaw that is Alabama, right? Uh, but you, you just prove your legitimacy. If you can hang, if you can beat them. Uh, and, and I think that that kind of, it's fun to see, you know, because I think there's been quite a few G5 teams that have been close, couldn't get the, the thing done. Uh, now Cincinnati finally does. So, you know, the, the, the attention of the G5 world uh, will certainly be all in on that game. Everybody else, too. I mean, I, as fair or unfair as it is, you know, these guys are, are you know, pretty much every G5 after them is going to be judged on this performance. And whether it's, see, we told you they'd never make it, or, okay, these guys are legit. Uh, I, I guarantee that's how everyone is going to be looked at moving forward if given this opportunity. Yeah, we got this whole Power 5 versus Group of 5 thing, but I also think within the Power 5 there should also be the rest of the Power 5 against the SEC. And I don't know, I'm a little bit irked that um, they wouldn't put Alabama and Georgia in the semifinals against each other. Why, is there some rule that you know by TV that we, can't, we couldn't have them play as the, the two and three? What's the deal here? Yeah, I thought that was very interesting that Alabama jumped uh, jumped to Michigan. I mean, the fact that they just had an unbelievable win against Ohio State uh, and then a dominant right. big, big Ten performance there in the chat. I thought that that was silly and biased and whatever it is. But, hey, at the end of the day, that committee makes the decisions that they do, and, and for whatever reasons those are, you know, who knows. But I certainly thought that we would get a 2-3 matchup uh, between Georgia and Alabama in the uh, semifinal. But – yeah, we didn't, and uh, it's probably pretty typical that we didn't, right, from everyone else's vantage point. Right. Do you want a 12-team playoff? I think it would be fun. I yeah. think the biggest thing is we need to address you know, player safety. 17 games is a lot. 17 games over five years, over four years is a lot. Uh, 
you know, I, I don't. I think there's ways to, that we can better do it. I think we have to think of the the complete, you know, college schedule, not just the college football schedule. Not remember that you know these are student athletes, and and that is right in the middle. If we extend this playoff out, you know, it goes into you know the second semester and, and things of that nature that I think people are not thinking at all about. Um, I think if we take away these meaningless you know, FCS games that, that everyone seems to have, and some certainly more than others. Uh, if you get rid of one of those, maybe two, you're in a really good spot. And uh, I think it, it gives you at least the opportunity for parity, right? At the end of the day, we might st- still end up with the same four teams that we've seen time and time again in the seven, eight years of this college football playoff. We might still end up with, with Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and someone else every other year. But at least there's the chance. At least there's the opportunity for someone to get hot, someone like a Cincinnati to to get in there and make some noise, someone like a uh, you know not this instance because they have three losses, but a Clemson who you know really figured themselves out late. I think of Georgia a handful of years ago where you know they lost two early and then I think won ten or eleven in a row. I mean nobody would want to see that team in a playoff. So it provides that opportunity, and uh, you know I'm all for it. I'm all for creating the best product we can uh, that is college football. Yeah, I'm all for also doing what I think most of the kids would want, and I think most kids who play want to be able to play for a championship. And right now, that's right. You know, we're we're in Group of Five country here in the Mountain West, and it's like there's really it's virtually a, a no shot at playing for a national right. title. So that's a good thing. Let me let me close close out going back to the beginning of the conversation. I just wanted to talk about coaches' salaries. I wonder what the Alabama and Clemson fan bases would do if Saban and Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney, went to uh, their bosses and were like, "Listen, uh, like Mel Tucker's making like nine million dollars a year. Come on, I need I need like fifteen or twenty. I wonder if fans, if there's a breaking point where fans would actually turn on their coaches, or it's just like, yeah, pay them, they deserve it." Uh, no one, no one, the Clemson and Alabama fan base. I bet they're saying, "Pay them, do it." Exactly. <laughs> I, I think it, it's just the, the the where you are, but it's absurd, man. It truly is. The fact that we have a model of the NCAA and all these different things that preach, preach, preach higher education, higher education, right. higher right. education, but we're paying these guys hundreds of millions of dollars is it, just is nuts to me. And NIL is great, but we're still not paying players. All, all this different stuff that comes out at the end of the day. Uh, it, it just seems super backhanded the way that we do things. So it's never going to stop. It's only going to keep expanding this arms race that is college football. It, it's, I mean, even in, I mean, I got done playing in 15, and it, it's a totally different landscape from when I played. It, it's, it's nuts to look at. But at the end of the day, this is one of the biggest businesses in all of America. So you, what, what do you expect from it? Eric, that was awesome, man. We appreciate you stepping up on short notice. Thank you so much. Yeah, no doubt. Y'all have a great show. Thanks for having me. There is Eric McLean. Played for Dabo Sweeney. Says Dabo's not going to the NFL. Uh, just to make the point, I, I don't I don't care what the coaches make. I mean, I think some of the extensions after a year and a half are you're just asking for it. I think that's stupid. But, you know, if the money's there, uh, give them the money. But you also can't, like Eric said, you can't play both sides and say, hey, we don't have money for the kids. There was a good tweet earlier today. Uh, 2015 Alabama coaching staff under Nick Saban, where they are now, um, Lane Kiffin was on the staff. He's making $7.2 million at Ole Miss. Kirby Smart was on the staff. Now he's at Georgia making $7.1 million. Billy Napier was a wide receivers coach. He's now at Florida. He's making $7.4 million. Crystal Ball was on the staff. He's making eight now at Miami. Mel Tucker was on the staff. This is a good staff. Um, he's now making 9.5 at Michigan State. Saban makes nine point seven. Like it, He has every right to go to Alabama and go, I want $20 million. And it's not absurd. 
No. I, I mean, it's probably still a good deal. It probably is still a freaking <laughs> very good deal. All right, we're going to talk about deals and real estate, also deals in fantasy football as Dustin DeHart is on the way. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's time to Trust Us. Presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call him today at 577-2600. We'll get to a little fantasy football here in a couple of minutes, but uh, got a couple of real estate notes I wanted to mention. Uh, first of all, thanks for being on with us. Thanks for having us at the office. Um, 577-2600 is the number for Nova Home Loans to get the mortgage tuned up. Or, again, if you're in a position where you want to sell, my lord... The numbers are out, yeah. and the median price is keeps jumping up, right? You know, it's it's surprising, but not surprising because I, I really thought we were going to kind of stall out a little bit. Yeah, it's four hundred twenty thousand dollars. You thought so there's more inventory, so it would slow down yeah, a little bit. Exactly. It's this time of year, yeah. so it would slow down a little bit. But yeah, nothing. you know, on our radio show, we were all guessing. It's you know, I, I said it would stay the same. You know, Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy, he said it was going to go down five grand. Nah, eh, we went up eight grand. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like, there's just no end in sight. It's crazy. You Let's know? do it, Adam. Time to move 420, on. $420,000. Well, think about that. In 2012, do you guys know what our median sales price is? you have any guesses? You want to guess? Uh, I would say 220. Yeah. I'll go 185. 118. <laughs> 118. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yes. 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 How long have you been in your house, Adam? Like 10 years. So you bought yours right around this time? Yeah. So you're swimming in it? Yeah, but then I don't, I don't know what to do. Well, you're going to have to go rent somewhere else for more money. I, Move somewhere yeah, nicer. Rent and then... Go live down by the Raiders. Hope you cover them all a little you bit. Can, you can afford it. I not, live. Your, your house appreciates it. That's where I live. I know. Move closer to the ones in the Seven Hills and Anthem. Yeah, well... You can live in Anthem I mean, now. You can afford it. The problem with that is, you know, appreciations went up 22%, but... So if rents, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they're up about 24 percent, like thirty five hundred, four thousand a month in rent. Come on, yeah, yeah. why not? Throw hundred. Yeah. Everyone's bringing the money into the house. You By the way, people if, living with you. Throw one hundred fifty G bombs in the bank. You sleep yeah. a little better. It's true. <laughs> you know? uh, I mean, it's still it's still not L A, which is insane. Yes. Like I'm just saying that because you just mentioned that number. I literally just went and saw, uh, you know, a good friend of mine that just moved to L A. And he was like, I looked for months and months. He's like I I can find nothing. He's in a studio for like twenty five hundred. Yeah, and it's, it's like it is so it is so crazy. Insane. And at the high end, you know, we keep saying like the luxury market. Like, who is buying all these places? I, I had no idea this guy was this wealthy. Yeah. Like, you find celebrities who've done well with their money. I, I forgot about him. I Jim, seen him in the Jim Belushi, <laughs> and he. Well, I guess yeah. he was on network TV for a yeah. long time. He yeah. just unloaded a Brentwood house. That I guess has like triple size property. He sold it for thirty million dollars. I mean, Jim Belushi. You know how much money that is? Like, I can imagine <laughs> no, the, I really don't. Like the property taxes alone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. The guys. T- yeah, it's funny you say that because I, I, I literally the same thing it was a, a week or so ago, a few days ago, and I was, I forgot who it was. It was, a, you know, somebody not that famous, and I'm like, it was like a thirty-five million dollar house or something. I'm like, how? I don't get it. That's yeah. crazy. So in the case of Belushi. He actually moved to Oregon, and he's running a cannabis farm. Yeah. So, oh, like, he made go. money, but now he's probably yeah. making a freaking killing <laughs> in that market. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, so, I... so think about this. 
USC gets Lincoln Riley, right? Mm-hmm. He's not living in dopey Norman anymore. Now he's going to be in L.A., mm-hmm. USC coach. And people are like, $6 million allowance for a house? That's unbelievable. <laughs> well, it ain't even that big a house, I mean, right? That, yeah. it's, he's going to get a nice house. Oh, yeah. But to put it in perspective, like right. there are houses in the L.A. area that are tens of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. So actually, I posed the question on Twitter today. I'm like, is this enough? Is six million enough? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, he probably could have said six. I want six, ten. Sixteen, yeah. Sixteen, why not? <laughs> well, I mean, you'd have to think after a couple of years that's gonna be a nice little rental property for him and he'll he'll end up being in a much nicer house. But you know, <laughs> college can you imagine football six coach. million dollar house and you're complaining about you it? You coach football. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. And I heard too, I, I I don't know if it's correct, but I think they they over like gave them five hundred grand yeah. more than their houses were worth in on, Oklahoma on both yeah. houses. Yeah. <laughs> so just, a million total. Yeah. So, oh, really? let's just so they, they 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 yeah. bought his because they were like yeah. he's like well and I got to sell my two houses in in Oklahoma and they're yeah. like we'll pay you five hundred thousand over yeah, market so, value for both for yeah. each of them. Go take a look on Zillow and we'll just add five hundred yeah. grand to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what they did. Hey, they wanted them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Clearly. <laughs> well, I mean, how many how many job situations yeah. do we see where it's like why uh, why yeah. can't this We'll get the guy. That's how you get the guy. That's Miami yeah. got crystal ball from Oregon. The only way yeah. it was going to be done yeah. is for them to give him the sun, the moon, and the stars. They had to give him everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, private jet's probably the coolest thing out of that, too, because yeah, the, the, the Duke could afford a $6 million house pretty easy with a $110 million contract. My but, favorite part of it was not only the private jet, but the fact that it was specifically stated 24 hours a day, yeah, absolutely. which I'd I mean, just be calling up at like 2 a.m. Like, I, I want to go to Paris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like on Sunday, you want to go have an, like a, you know, some crepes? Going to Paris. <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around this. I know. It's crazy. But they got him. I wonder if there's like a, oh man, if they were like, okay, you can use it 20 times a year. It said unlimited use yeah. 24 hours a day for, yeah. for your whole time. Yeah, it's amazing. God bless them. So what's going on with everybody for fantasy football? I'm fading down the stretch here. I'm having a tough time. I'm apparently in first place, and so is Adam. I just looked at it. Is that so, in our uh, in our, yeah, our uh, late night league? Yeah. So we're, what we're the hell's going on? How are you guys divisions. doing so well? I don't think I've I don't think I've lost a game since like September. Oh well, God. yeah. I, and Adam Thielen went down for me. That's not good because literally in that league, there's if you have an injury, you're kind of toast because there's really no one's got any depth at all. You know. Somehow that league has just worked out really well. Like this week, you know, I've had Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback all year. I needed a bye week guy, and I was like, oh, let me go golf, and he yeah. goes off. Yeah. I got, you got Jerry, Jared got me, the yeah. one week. Yeah. yeah. My God. Yeah. I did give, grab Taysom Hill. He he uh, did all right for me. Is he is he playing or is he is his finger hurt? We Let's don't know keep him out it's there. Hurt. Played better yeah. with it. Yeah, just we don't need him to throw. He can't throw. <laughs> just run the ball, dude. Now you are killing it with uh Rodgers and Devontae Adams, pretty yeah. much. Nice little combo there. And then the rest of the team are fillers. Right? James Conner, Elijah Mitchell. Goddard, DJ Moore's been good. Yeah, because you – well, you got Elijah Mitchell because you, your team wasn't that good at first. Yeah. <laughs> you grabbed some waiver wire picks. That sure. helps. I mean, it does, you know. Um, yeah, let's be clear. That's a that's a 14-team league, by yeah, the way. Yeah, sure that's yeah. yeah so you're right. So you're right. When, you, when I, when I name – if you have four good guys, then you're in pretty good shape. And then uh, Dustin does have Taysom Hill. You got Jalen Hurts, who's on a bye. Saquon, you know, has barely come back. Oh, and you got Javante Williams. I know that, could that be guy big. could be a league winner, I and mean, DK Metcalf yeah. and Hawkinson. It's pretty balanced. So I don't know. I had a good week, and I got outpaced. We play two games a week in this league. So, which, yeah. do you guys like it or not? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Actually, it's I like it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I think I'm eighteen and eight right now. You are eighteen and eight. Yeah. And Dustin's fifteen and eleven. I think I'm twelve and thirteen. Or I guess that would be off. If that How many teams are in the playoffs? Twelve and fourteen. Six. Six. Hmm. So when we're coming towards the end here, 
I think this is the last week, so I could just I could just sit everybody and I gonna rest everybody? wrapped up. I wrapped up the. Uh, <laughs> gonna rest everyone. I wrapped up number one overall seed, I believe, in there because I think Dustin's three games behind me. He's leading the other division. My division, I think, I'm up by like is six it two games buys? Is that how it works? Two buys, the other four teams play. You got a lot of questions. I know. <laughs> no one knows the rules of this league. <laughs> I got a lot of questions. If six teams are in, there's two buys. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Division winners get buys. Uh, actually, there's eight teams are in. Okay, eight this teams. is the NHL. Good. Okay, there Good. we go. I'm still Good. not in somehow. <laughs> I really needed that. I got I got screwed this week. I had uh, tight ends on each team. Were Kittle against Kelsey? I had Kelsey, so it was 34. You have both of them? No, Kittle oh. against Kelsey. Oh, he I had Kittle. You. I had Kelsey. Gotcha, it was 34 gotcha. to three. Yeah, Kelsey's and I lost by three points. Well, I, I have a pretty big money league that I really want to win, and uh, I was playing for a buy basically this past week. And it turned out I needed Kelsey to have like four catches, forty yards, eight points in a PPR essentially, and he did Which not get there. A lock, and he, he did not get there. Jeez, the, yeah, the tight end experiments the, failed. Yeah, what do you? I mean, now that we look yeah. at it, I mean, I would think about doing it again. My my deal was I was getting one of the three, and yeah. I drafted them high or paid a lot for them. Yeah, and they've all you know Waller's been hurt. Kittle has had some moments where he's been hurt. Kittle per game has actually been pretty productive. Yeah. And Kelsey, I mean, he's 85 points a game. Yeah. Uh, I think that's off. My, my numbers are off. Whatever. Eight and a half points a game or whatever it is. With the PPR, be higher, like 11 points a game. But, um, but they've been productive, but not like Bafo productive like years past. So my my, theory, my going in was to grab one of the lower-end guys out of the tier, like yeah. a Hawkinson or an Andrews. You know what I mean? And that's worked out all right. Yeah, I thought a lot of people said it was a three three-person position. I thought it was six. Um, and I I thought the value on Hawkinson Andrews to some yeah. degree and in particular Goddard um, was oh that's really, how you really beat good. me last week yeah. <laughs> I was yeah I'm like how did how the heck did you come back and I'm Goddard had like eighty was, points as Steve mentioned my team is essentially <laughs> yeah. Rodgers and Adams yeah. Yeah. and they were on a buy yeah and I, I know and I, I still I had beat you, you. Killed. yeah Goddard Goddard <laughs> went off and uh, obviously Jared Goff with my uh, bye week replacement Jared Goff. worked out well oh lord. I got beat by Jerry Goff. But, by the way, I, speaking of Jerry Goff, I do appreciate I have a brand now, and it's being obsessed with Jerry Goff's girlfriend because 11 people, 11 people texted me the video of her watching his victory. Like, I get what it. What did she do? I don't get it. But she's just, she, oh, was, she, she wasn't there, so she had to watch. Somebody showed her the clip. Wasn't oh. she doing a shoot? She was doing a shoot, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, there was, a lot, cool, there was a lot to look at. How cool was the Minshew with his dad? You guys, <laughs> pretty, I, know, pretty cool. I thought that was awesome. Yep. Yeah. I love that I like guy. That. He's cool as hell. <laughs> I'm sure Adam got uncomfortable. There was a lot of hugging and a lot of bro hugging and yeah. a lot of high fives I, and like and like repeating yeah. it. Yeah. You're like, yeah. okay, yeah, I don't. Know. I, I think dad. that dude's cool. I learned it was his dad when yeah. you just said it right now. Who I just thought it was, was a random fan, and I was like, <laughs> why is he that out? Made it even cooler. I was like, why is he out celebrating with fans? This is weird. Yeah. I do like I do like Minshew. Me too. So, and I, I think he. I don't even know I, where he played college at, but it, you know, it's lots of places. Did he? He yeah. actually bounced around. Hmm. Um, he was at East Carolina, finished up at Washington State. Wazoo. But what, what was the, he was at another big school? He was. I, I'll I'll look it up, but uh, and he turned out to what be a pretty he good. Like seventh, sixth, fifth round draft pick. I think he was like a sixth round pick, but he threw it at uh, Washington State with Leach. He threw for oh, a billion okay. yards that oh, year, gotcha. and he was a big hit because of the mustache and everything. Yeah. So. <laughs> So Minshew mania. Minchu he'll mania. be in the league. He'll be in the league forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, as a backup, and if he gets a couple starts a year, so. So what's going on down the stretch here with the mortgage tune-ups for the rest of the year? Well, you know, again, rates have gone up and they keep going up. So, you know, look, if you need to pull out some money to pay off some debts and make those home improvements, now's the time. You know, I have a feeling that rates are 
going to be about a half point higher here uh, going into this time next year, uh, just maybe even higher than that. You know, the Fed's not buying mortgage-backed securities like they were, and inflation's creeping its ugly head, so it's time to move now. Call us, 577-2600. Trust Us is presented by Dustin DeHart at Nova Home Loans. Call today at 577-2600 to learn how to purchase a home with $20,000 in down payment assistance. Dial up Dustin now, 577-2600.